I don't want to meet no smart woman. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to beat. I don't want them figuring out my games. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm trying to bust a nut. Welcome to the Empty Opinions Podcast, bitch. All right, everybody, I'm back. It's another solo episode. Um... You know, it's episode 99, episode 100 is going to be a little cool, a little special, so, and I didn't want to get a guest for 99, it felt weird, so I just said, you know what, fuck it, Uh, let me just do another solo episode, I know people don't necessarily like those, it's just me, if you like me, it's great, but, you know, usually, I usually have a good guest on, but, listen, after episode 100, there's going to be a lot of cool guests that I'm thinking of getting, so... Yeah, let's just vibe out for this second. Yeah, people know I'm the best in this shit. Can't no one compare. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Empty Opinions podcast with Eladio Polanco. My name is Eladio Polanco, and this is a podcast where no topic is taboo. I mean, we just talk about whatever. When it's just me, I usually just talk about the kinds of things I want to talk about. It could be pop culture. It could be my life. It's usually a mix of the two. And um, that's really what this podcast is about. I mean, I don't really want to do any, um, you know, any housekeeping up front. I mean, it's all the basic shit. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Eladio Talks, right? E-L-A-D-I-O Talks. The link for that is going to be in the description. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. If you're listening to this, you know, leave a five-star rating if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. Um, And that's, I mean, that's about it. It's not much. Just support the podcast in any way you can. I would really appreciate it. And I guess since this, since this is an empty opinions podcast, you know what I mean? It's the podcast for this empty opinions brand and something did interesting, something interesting happened in the empty opinions universe. Might as well kind of talk about it. This is just crazy. I mean, look, I did an empty reaction. So on the YouTube channel, I do empty reactions to different songs and shit, right? In order to get views to the channel, right? Because, you know, that's one of the best ways you can get traction to your YouTube channel. And obviously I want traction and, you know, just doing podcasts isn't really going to do it. So, you know, to get exposure, it's almost like ads for, for, you you know, or it's almost like ads are just marketing for this YouTube channel to the reactions here on YouTube where people can discover it. So, you know, I'm doing empty reactions, and I decided to do a reaction to a new Tokyo's Revenge song, right, that he dropped. It's a new single called Nothing Lasts Forever. Um, one important detail that I kind of missed while I was doing the reaction, but did w- did become aware of in the editing process and added it to the video, was that apparently this song was about his dead friend. But hold on, let me back, let me, let me back up a little bit. Who is... Tokyo's Revenge. This is he's this new artist who's really, you know, popping and at least in my eyes is blatantly copying everything about X Triple X Tentacion. And, and not just just one song or like a couple of songs that match a certain style of X's, right? Because that's the thing. You know, if it was just one song like I remember I heard that song Gotham by Tokyo's Revenge. And I was just like, okay, that's a that's a good song. Uh it reminds me of a triple X song. It has a lot of those things with like the weird voice changes and flow changes and really quirky delivery, right? Like I thought all those things were present in this song. Um, but I said, you know what, whatever, it's just one song. I'm not mad at it. I can obviously see the influence, but it is what it is. Right. And if that was just kind of like a starting point for this guy, I would have never been mad because there's so many different artists that were influenced by X or there's so many different artists that start out 
really influenced by an artist and then by a certain point they evolve to their certain you know sound that they want to do or they just stick to one thing that that artist did that they liked and then they add you know they build upon it right that's what i thought tokyo's revenge was gonna do i thought it was just gonna keep making those kinds of songs and kind of just build off of that initial you know influence on his sleeve that was portrayed in gotham from triple x but then I did an empty reaction to his new song called Nothing Lasts Forever, which, like I said, is about his dead friend. So there is a certain amount of emotion that that song carries. But call me a psychopath because regardless of that or not, I was able to notice something that really bothered me. And that was just that, you know, that song, the style of that song was just like a guitar, you know, like an emo guitar song. That's what it was, right? It did nothing last forever. Like it was singing, whatever. You know what kind of song, you know, he that sounds like. And I'm sure you're thinking of an artist that did that, right? That was really successful. And I think his name might have started with the letter X, or maybe I don't know. Yes, obviously fucking triple X Tentacion. That's one of the things that was really interesting about his progression as an artist, that he started really aggressive with the type of music he was making. And then in a very unique way, he he faced out of that and started doing more mellow music, right? And that was this progression, and that's a progression that I've only really seen in Triple X. You know what I mean? In terms of completely switching the style and then kind of staying in the mellow side of things. That's what Triple X was doing until it was unfortunately, you know, uh, killed. So when I heard this song by Nothing Lasts Forever, mind you, this is a first reaction, right? I was reacting to the song. I was giving my raw reaction and opinion. I was really angry when I saw that not only did he copy the aggressive exit style, you know, he was copying the mellow exit style. And that really made me mad. And I went off in that empty reaction and I put it out and I knew it was going to get some hate. But I mean, the amount of hate that video is getting is almost it's first of all, it's hilarious. But second of all, it's like a little bit concerning for the channel because I feel like it might be fucking with the algorithm. I, I, I won't really know until. I'm uh, see if another video pops off because there have been videos in the past that at least for my subscriber count have popped off. So I won't really know until it, if that never happens again, then I'll know that fucked up my channel. But for now, I, I, I thought, and that's the interesting thing about it. I started getting a lot of hate, a lot of dislikes, a lot, a lot of comments saying fuck is wrong with you. Stupid motherfucker. Go fuck yourself. This is an L. It's a big ass L. He's not copying anybody. Right. And it's interesting because they always say, you know, if you do shit online, you're bound to get hate at some point. And they say that this like a, a, it's like a hate, like that hate. You have to be a certain type of person to be able to handle it. And I always was afraid of it. I always thought about it. I was like, yeah, maybe you'll be crazy. Like if I get hate like that, well, what, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to, you know, find like, is it going to be overwhelming? Am I going to feel sad? Is it going to affect my mood? The thing that I realized is that I truly, it truly didn't bother me. If anything, it was actually funny to get that much hate about something that I feel like I had a, a point with. And that's, I think, probably what's most important. Like, deep down inside, I feel like there is an undeniability to my claims that not only did he copy Gotham style, but now he's copying, you know, the, the mellow X's, like, style. And again, I understand the subject matter is very personal to him. That doesn't, two things can be true. That can be true and you can be copying X's style. That doesn't really absolve them of that, right? And I just pointed it out and I started getting a lot of hate. And, you know, one of my favorite things that I was doing was just kind of harding every, you know, every horrible comment that I was getting.
right? Like heart, heart, heart. Like I liked every one of those. And my pinned comment on that video is my pinned comment on that video is like just L. It's just the letter L. And it's so simple, straight to the point. I just love this so much. But yeah, it was a lot of hate. A lot of people was like, oh, it's just an influence, whatever. I understand what you guys are saying. But at the same time, I have this weird feeling that those are just excess fans who are now looking for somebody who makes that kind of music. And now they're supporting Tokyo's Revenge. And in that way, that Tokyo's Revenge guy, or Kyoto's Revenge like he is on Instagram, is very, like, smart. You know what I mean? Because in that way... Like, somehow he was able to gain those fans. I was like, oh, shit, that's um, that's a very good thing to have. That's a very good thing to have, like, those kind of fans on your side that are going to defend you no matter what for this fucking, as one of the comments put, you got under 200 subscribers. Nobody gives a fuck with you. And that's the other thing. If you, it, you know, it, there was a lot of people that left long comments in that shit. I didn't read that shit. I mean, that was kind of like I read the first line maybe, but they all kind of said the same shit, which is what made me uh, probably another thing why I didn't really give a fuck about what they were saying is because it sounded very hive mindish. The comments I did appreciate, like seriously, were the ones that weren't being aggressive instead of trying to explain and point out their own point of view. They were like being kind of nice about it. They were like, I don't know, man. I think I'll get what you're saying, but you got to see it this way. You know, his influence. That was one of his biggest idols. I understand all that, but you can't copy two styles from one artist. That's my whole point. You got to look at things in context. It wasn't just that this song sounded like an X song. It's not like nobody has ever done a strumming the guitar and singing very emo-ish, right? It's the fact that now he's done it, at least from what I could tell, twice. Two different, two completely different styles that both go to a certain artist that's not a coincidence anymore, I don't think. And that's what kind of bothered me a little bit. And, and you know, the fact that these could be Triple X fans that are not following him does give credence to my other theory that I had, that this guy was just kind of, now that X, you know, is dead. So now he's like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to carry on that legacy. I'm going to carry on that trajectory that X was going in. And I just think that's disgusting. Like, you know, leave that alone. He's already, you know, it's a tragic death. He's a legend. Just leave that alone and come up with your own fucking trajectory. Don't steal somebody else's. Even if, and, and I said somebody in a comment was like, you know, he's trying to take on X's legacy. Did X, X uh, you know, ask him to, to, to carry on his, leg uh, you know, legacy? Were they friends? I'm pretty sure they weren't friends. Tokyo's Revenge and Triple X were not friends, right? It's like, it, it will be different. Like, the kid Leroy in Juice World. apparently Juice World was a, 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 a uh like he was uh what's the term like uh shadowing him i guess or just no no the killer roy was shadowing juice world there was like a mentorship going on between both of them and then the killer roy has made some songs that sound a lot like you know juice world and you could kind of criticize them for that but even then you know if they were like close they knew each other and they probably might have been some understanding and he kind of felt like okay i can do this since i knew him and he was mentoring me as an artist and even then, that's not even a good comparison because the Kid Leroy has gone in a slightly different, like, you know, trajectory than Juice World was doing. Like, the Kid Leroy is now doing, like, more R&B type music, like, more R&B influenced melodic, you know, songs. So, I don't know. I mean, that was, like, a controversy, I guess, from my channel. It was interesting to see that many dislikes, you know, dislike to like ratio. Um, like I said, I don't know if that's going to fuck up my channel forever. I don't know how the algorithm works. I know you need likes for for the shit to get like thrown out there but 
I don't know if getting dislikes fucks up your channel. I don't really think so because I know like channels like even like H3 or like any channel that comes out like a leafy or something get a lot of dislikes, but they still keep going. Like I know I'm, I know a lot of channels on YouTube that thrive off of the dislikes. So I don't think that's going to fuck up my channel necessarily, but that was a fun thing that happened. Um, that was interesting that that took his revenge controversy, if you want to call it that, but. Yeah, that was one thing that happened, you know, in the Empty Opinions universe. But in terms of pop culture, I mean, one thing that really stood out to me is one of the wildest stories of the year. I think one of the most egregious from the outside looking in, right? Obviously, we don't know exactly what was happening. But this whole Malik Bisley situation with Larsa Pippen, <laughs> it's an insane situation, dog. If you don't know, Malik Beasley is fucking, you know, married, has a wife. And Larsa Pippen, was, I don't know if they're still married. Maybe I think it is ex-wife of, you know, Scottie Pippen. I do believe, like, Future took Larsa Pippen from Scottie Pippen. And that was a funny story, too, because apparently, like, Scottie Pippen didn't sign Future's paragraph or, you know, photograph. They didn't give him a, a, a signature. Like, he didn't sign his shit. I don't know if that's true. Maybe that's an urban legend, but I heard that. That's kind of how I've known a Larsa Pippen. So here's the players in this. The wife, you know, Malik Beasley, the basketball player. The wife of Malik Beasley and Larsa Pippen. Those are the th three players in this fucking wild situation. And I uh, looked into it, and this is fucking crazy. So apparently Larsa Pippen posted a picture. It all started with Malik Beasley commenting under Larsa Pippen's picture, let me take you out on a date. And right away, that's wild because the people under his comments were like, Bro, what the fuck are you talking about? You got a wife. This is a public message. This is not. You're not DMing Larsa Pippen. You're commenting under her picture for everybody to see. What the fuck are you talking about? If this situation stopped there, right? Like if this situation didn't go much further, like it stop, if it stopped right fucking there, it would be like wild on its own. But then it keeps going. Then apparently like a couple weeks go by and there's a picture of Larsa Pippen and Malik Beasley just holding hands. Meanwhile, the wife is like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. We're married. And I'm like, and this is where I believe what Larsa Pippen recently said. She was like, don't believe, you know, there's more to the story. There's don't believe what you see, whatever the fuck. Because it's just such an egregious, like such a wild situation. Like there has to be something else going on that he would be doing other shit publicly. You know what I mean? Like, it's public. It's not like... He's not that stupid. Either he's just a fucking disciple of future, which, ironically enough, Larsa Pippen knows very well, and he's just doing that shit to be toxic and knows he's fucking with his wife, like, mentally. He's doing that for that reason. Or there's something we don't know, most likely the latter, but it's just, you know, from the outside looking in, that is a wild situation. Like, to just do that, <laughs> to have a wife and not only comment under you know this very famous lady's picture but also get photographed together holding hands that's what's so wild it wasn't like they were even together they were holding hands which is even more incriminating so there's definitely got to be something going on with the wife either the wife is trying to ransom them or like they're having marital issues they haven't officially divorced yet because of whatever reason apparently the wife is filing for divorce but there must have been something where he probably, they probably already agreed to the divorce and everything that was happening out there. You know, it was just because he knew he wasn't going to get back with his wife. So it was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just go all out and do whatever. But it's just funny that also Larsa Pippen is involved in this because apparently somebody that gets passed around a lot 
And it's funny, yeah, it's it's so random that Larsa, the wife of, ex-wife of Scottie Pippen is the one that's embroiled in all this fucking drama. And the fact that Scottie Pippen's ex-wife is like, for the streets, I guess you could call it. I don't know. But that was a funny situation that I saw on social media. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, yeah, Malik Beasley is a wild boy. Um, all right, going back to personal shit that's happened to me. You know, I, I've i been experiencing this thing. It, this is really interesting because, you know, this is a thing. This is a, 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 a an idea that I've heard a lot of people talk, a lot of women specifically talk about. That I, I as a guy, never understood and also never experienced. But, like, the, the, the experience of a guy meeting a girl who's smarter than them. And apparently how that's very, like, that puts guys off. I always... In the back of my head, like, even theoretically, I'm like, I don't think I would dislike that because I'm a very, I could say I'm cerebral in the in, in the way that I just think a lot, right? I'm an overthinker. I always think about everything. So, like, and I like learning through talking. So, the idea of meeting somebody who's smarter than me and then me, like, learning from them was never some idea that, like, put me off. So, I never understood when they would say, like, Yo, you know, that shit as a guy that's emasculating. I'm like, really, is it? Or you're just fucking really stupid. <laughs> like, is that what it is? They're just like guys, there's certain guys that are that fucking dumb, which there are. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that are really fucking stupid. So I can understand what they were like, you know, <laughs> they're like, I don't want to meet no smart woman. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to beat. I don't want them figuring out my games. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm trying to bust a nut. I don't want them to know that I'm trying to bust a nut and I'm doing fucking playing tricks on their minds and shit. What's that song? Uh, Shook Ones playing tricks on me. Anxiety playing tricks on me. You know? Or wait, is that their Charlemagne book? I don't know. But I always thought that idea was interesting. And then I met a girl who I think is probably smarter than me. And now I'm just like... Okay, now I understand what this might be too much for certain guys. <laughs> like, now I get it, right? But also, this is awesome, bro. Like, just meeting somebody who's smarter than you. And, and, and you know what it is, too? It's also my ego because up until this point, I don't think I have talked to a woman. And, okay, this might sound a little bit misogynistic, but just know this has nothing to do with male, female. This is just my brain. Like, I just felt, and, and just in general, okay, I'm going to take the gender out, but I'm going to include the gender because it's specific to the conversation. So I just never felt like I met a, a woman who is smarter than me, you know, and obviously being smart in intelligence and all that and knowledge, all that shit is subjective. And it's not really real. You know what I'm saying? It's a fucking mirage. Nobody's really smarter than anybody. I understand. But just in basic layman's terms, I don't feel like I've met any woman that was smarter than me. And so or in and to broaden it more so it doesn't sound as misogynistic as that 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 could come off. I don't think I've met anybody who is smarter than me. I don't think. Even with the people I talk about, I just feel like when I talk to them, they might be interesting people. They might be on my same level. This is all in my head, obviously. Very egotistical. I know. I mean, this show is called Empty Opinions with Lottie Blanco. It's about me. I'm narcissistic. Whatever. Let's move on. Let's not dwell in that. It's obvious. But, like, I just felt like I haven't really met that many people who are smarter than me. Until I met this girl, and we started talking about a lot of different shit. It was a lot of topics in, like... Is it, like it, I'm almost just in awe when I'm listening to her talk because it's like, you know, like I said, I overthink a lot. I'm always thinking about every little thing that I see or, you know, any idea that comes to my head. I explore it to its fullest extent, whatever. But there were certain things that she was telling me, like certain things we were talking about that I was like, 
what the fuck? I've never thought about it that way. And that's how, and look, it's not even about being smart or dumb, whatever. It's about new ideas that I've never explored. And that impresses me because I explore a lot of ideas inside this fucking wild ass noggin that I have. Right. So even that, like she brought this new idea to me. I was like, damn, I never thought about that. I didn't even, I, I've never thought about that thing. And you just don't like this part of my brain. And now, you know, I love thinking. So now my brain is running. It's like a handsome wheel in there that is now fucking going full speed. And, my, and I'm enjoying it. And that's where, like, I can understand why certain guys don't like smart women. Because they don't want to think. And they think it's exhausting. And it can be exhausting, right? Like, thinking a lot can obviously be exhausting. Sometimes you got to kind of just chill and just do whatever. Watch a show or, you know, fucking watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't know. Watch the Bing Bang Theory. Um, that's another thing I want to talk about, but I'll talk about it later, maybe another episode, but you know, for me, I do enjoy even for a long time, obviously, like I said, probably need a little bit of break sometimes, but just in general, I enjoy it. So yeah, I, 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 I can see how th this is like, you know, the people that like, like, uh, uh, like malt, malt beverage, maybe this is a Dominican thing, Malta, Malta Morena, Malta India, whatever the fuck, Malta Goya, whatever, you know, malt beverage you drink, it's a very, like, required taste, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a taste that's not for everybody, you know what I mean, the same thing with, like, um, what, like, uh, I forget what it's called, but this is food that is very expensive that, you know, it's, some people like it, some people hate it, there's a lot of foods like that, where it's very, like, you either love it or hate it, that's kind of probably how it is with, uh, smart women you either love it or hate it and i'm one i'm in that minority where like i love that shit i need more of that shit you know what i'm saying um but yeah that's something that's an experience that i had recently but also let's go back to pop culture and let's talk about some probably one of the biggest news of the year excluding obviously corona and the election those are the main two and all the celebrity that's okay maybe not one of the most important stories of the year definitely one of the most important business uh, well, yeah, business and entertainment stories of the year. HBO Max has single-handedly, or AT&T, if you want to broaden it, has single-handedly destroyed the movie theater industry, right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're not that big of a movie fan. Because if you're a movie fan, you know about this shit, right? So apparently, so, you know, HBO Max is the the streaming, the new streaming service from AT&T and Warner Brothers. Where, like, their, their take on Netflix and shit is, like, HBO plus a whole bunch of other shit. Um, they recently announced that for 2021, every single one of their big movies that they had planned for next year for the first month is going to stream. If you have HBO max already for free is going to stream on HBO max for the full month on So it's going to be on HBO max and movie theater. So the future that we all didn't think was going to come this soon finally happened where like a movie like a really big movie like wonder woman is going to start that shit off in december where it's going to be in hbo max and in movie theaters at the same time right like that's the thing that everybody was like yo you need to do like at least look here's the thing here's how you split this there's casual consumers and then diehard movie fans right like film fans you know what i'm saying uh film fans not movie fans film fans Right. There's this difference right there. There's a fucking weird, you know, higher class shit. I guess it separates the two is stupid, but there kind of is. Right. So like movie fans, let's say the regular film, like the regular movie consumer was just like, I don't feel like going to the movie theater and paying twenty dollars to watch a movie. That's why I don't even watch movies anymore. Put that shit on streaming. I want to watch it as soon as it comes out. That was the general consensus. And then the film fans were like, no, 
we can do that that will destroy the film industry and we need to preserve preserve movie theaters we need to preserve the movie theater experience that's just what it has to be man uh, you can't argue with me i only listen to whatever the fuck david Ehrlich, <laughs> david Ehrlich, and and david lynch say the both both davids the fucking <laughs> the fucking you know self-obsessed fucking film fans and filmmakers whatever the fuck you know what i'm trying to say that's what the film fans are saying hey yeah, don't let let's we don't want movie theaters to die, so we have to perse you know preserve it. And so those are the two. So obviously the response to this was mixed. The movie fans were like, "Oh, this is awesome! I can see Wonder Woman and all these big mo- the Mag- the Matrix Four, Judas and the Black Messiah, which I can't wait to see, um, Tom and Jerry, like all these movies, I can see it at home. Fuck yeah!" And then the film fans were like, "No." just killed the theater experience movie theaters are done for good this is a dumb and bad decision um here's where i stand man it's it's like it's it's just what's gonna happen that was like that's just what was going to happen eventually this is where things were going in the first place everybody was predicting this shit this is nothing new movie theaters were dying already right like if not for like specific like huge blockbusters like endgame and shit and joker whatever the fuck you know these really high high grossing movies you know black panther these superhero movies are really the only ones we're making a lot of money but in terms but just in general movie theaters are already dying this kind of just pushed and, and you know expedited the process so like you can't be shocked it's like oh, okay it's here uh, you know, you can be shocked it came that fast, but you can be shocked that it actually happened. And two, which is more, you know, that I need to see more people talk about. Movie theaters aren't going to way aren't going away, you know, entirely. They're just obviously going to change, and it's going to be like a more niche thing where like people who want the movie theater experience are probably going to be able to get it. But that's not going to be everybody. And the movie theater, you know, the movie theaters were trying to force everybody to be that specific type of person that goes out to a movie theater to see a movie it's gotten to the point where like not everybody is like that so now you have to do what the consumers want the majority of them want that's right like be able to watch it at home and then you know movie theaters are just gonna be a lot of movie theaters that die out unfortunately it was all like that's the thing it was all going to happen regardless so i don't understand the fucking outcry for it. it's like you know, HBO Max just said, you know what, fuck it, let's just take this gamble, which they're right in, because like I said, it was going to happen regardless. And now, you know, specifically for HBO Max, how many people are going to sign up for that shit? You know what I'm saying? Saying like this big budget block, this fucking big blockbuster movies come out, right, in, in HBO Max, like Wonder Woman, that's a big movie. And they're like, if you get HBO Max, you can see it for free. And if you keep it for a whole year, you're going to be able to see all these other movie, big movies. You know what I'm saying? Like The Matrix 4, you know, Tom and Jerry. There's a whole other one. The, you know, the new James Wan movie, which undoubtedly would have made a lot of money in the box office. So it's like, this was all going to happen. And it's not the official death of movie theaters. That's what I got to tell people. It's not the official death of movie theaters. Movie theaters are not going to completely die out. They're just going to become what they were already in a way were. And were struggling to not be. And was just niche. Like going to the movie theaters to watch a movie is a niche thing. That not everybody's going to be able to do. And now that market of movie theaters is going to adjust accordingly. And funny point. Because you always got to point out hypocrisy in people, even though we're all hypocrites to a certain extent. But it's always fun to just point it out, at least for me. Do you remember when Tenet released in theaters and everybody was mad at 
Nolan for releasing a movie in theaters. It's a pandemic. You can't release a movie during the pandemic. That doesn't make sense. What's wrong with you, bro? You're so selfish. It's going to get a lot of people killed. And now, now that that movie flopped, which a lot of people were celebrating, like, we told you you shouldn't put it in theaters, right? Now, that was that was actually the reason it failing and the people who love the film theater experience, right? Those people are not showing up to see Tenet. It's a reason why it's now everything is on HBO Max. So it's like, it's a little bit of a sweet irony right there for, for your head top. Um, but yeah, man, the, the movie theaters are dying and there's nothing really we could do about it. It was going to happen eventually, you know what I'm saying? And HBO Max has kind of expedited that process. Uh, but that was something I was, I mean, th that that was huge news, right? That was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's happening. Everybody, it's like that meme where everybody's like getting ready because something's about to happen. Oh, shit. Let's go. Let's go, everybody. Let's go. Like grabbing the fucking radio. Everybody's fucking freaking out in the family dinner table. That's what's happening um, with movie theaters and just the movie, movie theater experience. It's funny. At least, hey, at least I got to work in a movie theater before they died. You know, hyper, you know, exaggerating this before they died, right? Like, I, I, I'm glad I was able to work in movie theater because it was really cool to see the behind the scenes of how movie theaters work, especially as a film fan myself. Like, just seeing, just going around, you know, just like after the movie's done, like looking and then looking at projectors and looking how everything worked. It was fun, like the way that the trailer placements, all that shit. It was cool. And now they're dead. So, what can you do? Um, you know, and now I think I want to end with this, with this, another piece of pop culture news, which isn't really that important, but I found it funny. It's not important at all. Not like the last story where it's literally, you know, industry changing. Like this is a change is like, it is, what, what is, what's the term? A seismic change. That's what that, uh, the movie theater shit was. Um, <laughs> this is not a seismic change at all, but it's just a funny story because there's so many things going on in this. So. This this is uh, this is coming off the back. This story that I'm gonna talk about comes off the back of the back off, you know, the whole controversy of like Harry Styles wearing a dress on Vogue and like a lot of people criticizing that because they're killing masculinity and you can't wear a dress and this and that whatever, right? Like that was a whole big news for last week. That was last week's like big topic, I believe, or maybe it was this week. I don't know. But I just remember everybody had their two cents on it. I'll probably have some thoughts on it, but it's too late now. I don't feel like talking about it. But it's based off on that, right? And how Candace Owens like called out Harry Styles. She was like the biggest one. Um, and then Harry Styles was funny is that he responded back. He posted a picture of him with a dress with like bring back manly men, like obviously trolling uh, Candace Owens, which I thought was funny. You know, fuck troller, bro. Like, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just a funny thing to see. But what was crazy, what crossed the line, and what was just, like, hilarious, the way people's minds work. Noah Cyrus, of all people, Noah Cyrus, like, Noah Cyrus, you know, Miley Cyrus's little sister, posted on her story, yeah, yeah, who gives a fuck what a nappy-ass hoe, you know, nappy, what a nappy-ass hoe has to say about this shit, or, like, yeah, Harry Styles, tell that nappy-ass hoe, or that <laughs> <laughs> bro mind you this is fucking <laughs> yo i need you to, i'm gonna say it again this is noah cyrus that for whatever reason she's like yeah harry styles also white man i'm a white a white woman hey white man yeah tell that black woman that she's a you know tell her snap back to her and she's a nappy ass hoe as well it's like okay i mean 
Why did she think that was going to be cool? I know exactly why she thought she, that shit was going to be cool. And that's what's interesting about this. Here's why it was. Because Candace Owens is a, a, a villain, right? She's the the bad guy in this situation that everybody, you know, who's woke, I guess. And those artists will be part of that crew. Like, everybody would be, like, coming at Candace Owens. She's, like, the devil to them, right? Like, she's the boogeyman, the boogeywoman, right? So she thought... Like, she probably wrote that down and took a pause. It was like, is this bad that I will be calling a black woman a nappy-ass hoe? Hmm. Maybe under normal circumstances. But in this case, she's the villain. She's a bad guy. She's a bad girl. So, they can't come at me. I'm criticizing. I'm saying this extremely racist shit to a bad person who's a black woman. So nobody's going to come for me. Send fucking Instagram story to the whole world to see. It's just kind of, you know, some people just don't understand real life. Like, I don't think she understands real life. It's like, you know, yeah, I know everybody like hates Candace Owens. She sets a lot of very unpopular opinions. I certainly don't like her because I just feel like she's very similar to Ben Shapiro. And that I feel like they just say whatever it is like the contrarian belief that you know it may be right but the way they're saying it is very smug so it's like they're not even like real human beings they're just walking contradictory opinions you know what i mean that's how i feel about both of them but you know just because she's that it doesn't listen that's not higher up in the shit of like issues in this country you know what's higher up than that <laughs> white woman <laughs> demeaning a black woman for her nappy hair i mean it's just hilarious the shit that happens on social media it's just hilarious how these like celebrities and just people who live in instagram and social media in general like how clueless they are like i have no idea they just don't understand life they're very stupid so it was just hilarious to see her thinking oh she's a bad guy i can say she's like right guys i can call her an nappy ass hoe she you know she says all this fucked up shit all the time you know what i mean she you know she says all these fucked up things about black people right i can say something bad right it's like noah you're white you can't you can't i mean you can't call a black woman an nappy ass hoe regardless of the context it's like <laughs> i just thought of this example but it would be like you know if she called Candace Owens the n-word <laughs> and then try to justify it like yeah but she's a bad guy so we can be racist towards her right <laughs> yo those artists are so fucking stupid man how old is she she's pretty young right let me look it up Noah Cyrus age I need to look up how old Noah Cyrus is Noah Cyrus age she's like 20 Oh, she's my age. <laughs> okay. You know, she's very young, so I guess you can't fault, fault her too much. Uh, forget everything I said. No, she still needs to hear this. I mean, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> you just say that, regardless of what age you are. But All right, that was a great fucking episode. That was, I mean, it wasn't, any, it wasn't anything special for episode 99. You would think episode 99 is a special, you know, episode. But, it, you know, the, the, the special episode is going to come next week, episode 100. I can't wait. Um, but, yeah, that was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I, it was a lot of funny stories that I talked. It felt very cohesive. I'm in one of those moods where, like, my, my, my brain is, like, you know, re, like, snapping. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, in the right places, saying the right shit. Um, but, yeah, that's my, that was episode 99 of the Empty Opinions podcast. I did all the housekeeping in the front, so... I'll see you guys next week for episode 100, which should be a special episode. 
And then all the guests that I have lined up after that, that I have in mind at least, are going to be great. And I'll talk about like my expectations for 2021 for this podcast and just this brand in general in a future episode, maybe 101. I don't know. But yeah, uh, until next week, until December the 14th for episode 100. Thank you guys so much for listening and or watching to this podcast. See you guys next week.